0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Hey everyone, Matt Beard here. Today on Short and Curly, I've created an imaginary world. I'm going to drop Molly and Carl in the middle of it and blow their little minds. And here's the big twist. In this world, there is no such thing as a family. At least, not the kind of family you might know. Hello, and today you're
0: listening Short, you're listening to Short and Curly. And Curly. Yay! Short and, Short and Curly! Curly, 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 oh, Curly, 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 Curly.
2: Short and Curly. Oh, Matt, we're ready for our surprise trip. Our passports are up to
1: date, all our bags are on the bus... Uh, Carl, you won't need bags for this trip because
2: you're not going anywhere. (sighs) Molly, I told you this was too good to be true.
1: You are right about the trip being too good to be true. Later in the show, I'm going to be sending you both to a world that doesn't exist.
2: Great. Another El Cheapo imaginary trip. I bet the destination isn't even that cool. Just another way to get me questioning everything
1: I know. I call this imaginary land Republica! Yeah?
0: What's that?
2: Yep, there it is. Sounds like another one of your weird ethical ideas. Am I right or am I right?
1: You are right, Carl. And this weird ethical idea comes from a book by the philosopher Plato called The Republic. Plato has this pretty wild idea that we should get rid of families. Whoa! No way! So I've created a world based on this idea. The whole system starts at birth. Now, hold on. I'm going to load up a little video that will tell you everything you need to know.
3: Greetings, my friends. Have you ever wondered why the world is such an unfair place? why some kids seem to have all the luck in life. Here at the Nation of Republica, we do things differently. After extensive research, we realised that unfairness begins at home, in the family. The older family way of doing things meant we paid so much attention to our own kids that we didn't care enough or do enough for other children. (coughs) Some parents and carers have the knowledge and skills and support to raise children in safe and happy environments. But many children grow up in households that are not safe or happy or supported. Those children are less likely to succeed in life. But it's not their fault. So 20 years ago, we made a brave decision. We got rid of families. Thank you. No parents, no problems. Republica, where everybody is your family. That sounds
0: a bit... Amazing?
2: Uh, I was going to say creepy.
0: What's creepy about a world like that? No kids living on the street, everyone working together and caring about everyone equally?
2: Mm, I think we should take a second to ask you listening about this. This is the time to pause the podcast for our first thinking question.
0: Chat with the people around you or just think about it by yourself. Then hit play when you want to keep going. And our question
2: is, pretend you were making your own imaginary world. You can make it so kids are raised however you want.
0: By wolves, or they're only allowed to eat soup for every meal.
2: Or whatever. But if you were making your own imaginary world, how do you think children should be brought up. Hit pause now.
0: Come on, push. You're nearly there.
2: Whoa, where where are we? It looks like that woman's giving birth.
0: What the heck is going on? What's that? Oh, there's something buzzing in my pocket.
1: Looks a bit like a walkie talkie. Hello. Hello, Molly, it's Matt. Can you hear me? Is Carl there? How are you both feeling? Uh, A bit freaked out,
2: Matt.
0: Yeah, what the heck? Where have you sent us? I've
1: sent you to the Republica birth center. Look at these little bubbies. Soon, they'll go and live in the commune with all the other children. And we'll go to the commune a little later in the show. But to prepare you, I thought you'd better see where it all begins.
0: Oh, that baby's so cute. Which one do you think is the ugliest, Carl?
2: I think that one over there, the one that looks a bit like you. But you know what? Seeing these babies has got me thinking about how I was brought up. And I had a pretty sweet time, thank you very much.
0: I don't know. I'd never thought about it until now, but families do seem a bit unfair. You don't choose what you're born into, but who your parents are can give you a really big advantage in life.
2: But is that such a bad thing? If I had kids, I would want to give them an advantage in life.
0: But that's exactly the problem. You're not thinking of anyone except your own family. That's selfish, and selfishness is definitely unethical. You're unethical!
1: Ah! Matt, can you just tell her how wrong she is, please? Well... Remember that philosopher Plato from before? He'd agree with Molly. Traitor. Plato thought families distracted people from doing what was best for the community because everyone would just try to get all the best stuff for their own family who they loved so much. His solution was for kids to be raised without families as part of one big community. And today, we call this idea communal parenting. When I spoke to students from Leichhardt Public School, they could see a few good things about communal parenting. Here's today's Brains Trust.
0: I just think the communal thing would be, could be good because it would make all the children even. Like there wouldn't be favoritism, like people that didn't have like enough food or like water or resources, and everyone would just be equal. In, like, a bigger community, you sort of get to learn more of people. And say there's, like, 20 adults, they've all had, like, different experiences in life and stuff. I think it could be really good if, like... Cos if people were brought up with, like, different races, skin colours, religions and cultures, because, like, people can be racist and maybe if they were brought up together, they would kind of learn to accept each other. It would be good for kids who have bad families because they'd be raised in a good community. Everybody is going to be cared for equally.
2: Look, I know they're our brains, trust, but I think I have to disagree with them on this one. I just don't understand how getting rid of families will make the world kinder. People who are in families are normally kind and generous to one another.
1: Exactly, to one another. There are these things philosophers call special obligations. If we have a special obligation to someone, we have to treat them like they're special. That means we give them more care, more attention, or more concern than we give to other people. For example, you might have a special obligation to give your best friend a present on their birthday, but you don't have to give everybody a present on their birthday.
2: Okay, so we can treat our family better than other people. Sucked in, Molly. I win.
1: Not yet, Carl. (gasps) Uh Uh-oh. Remember, we also have an obligation to give all people what they need. And not just when it comes to stuff like presents, but when it comes to the really important stuff like love, care and attention. Sometimes focusing on our special obligations can mean we stop thinking about what everyone needs. Plato's solution was to get rid of the family so we could focus on taking care of everyone. That's a bit
2: depressing. Plato thought it was wrong to give some people, even the people who mean the most
1: to us, extra love and concern? At least sometimes, yeah. But just because that's what Plato thought doesn't mean it's right. Some philosophers think that people, especially kids, need to be treated as if they're special.
2: My whole life, I've been told I'm special by my teachers and parents and even just people walking past me on the street who look at my cool outfits and hairstyles.
1: Uh, Yeah, you're definitely special, Carl. Now, I reckon you two are ready to visit the children's commune. Ooh,
0: the commune. Sounds so fancy, like octopus in a salad. Oh, wait,
1: before you go, I've written a little thinking question to prepare you better. I just had it here in in my pocket. Hold on. No, uh, that's chewing gum. Hang on, what about this pocket? No, that's travel pass. Ah, Yep, here it is. Don't worry, that's just some tomato sauce from my egg roll before. Uh, Molly, could you use your best serious reading voice on this one?
0: We've been talking about how important it is to feel supported and cared for. But do you think we should care for everyone equally? Or is it okay to care about some people more than others?
2: Hit pause now. I think we've made it to the commune.
0: The commune, where the magic happens.
2: You mean where the kidnapping horror story happens?
0: It doesn't look like a horror story. Look around. Kids are playing, there are a bunch of adults supervising them. It looks totally normal.
2: You must be Molly and Carl. Uh, yes? Who are you? I'm your guide here at Republica's Commune. I'm here to show you around so you can experience how wonderful it is for yourself.
0: That would be lovely. Thank you very much, kind guide person. Take us to the children.
2: Come, have a look at the meals hall, where the children eat their meals together with their adult carers.
0: Oh, great. I am starving. What's on the menu?
2: It's soup day, but you're just visiting, so no soup for you.
0: Oh! <laughs>
2: Come through, Molly and Carl. It doesn't seem fun to visit the dining hall when you can't eat. But is this it? It's really big. Hey, we've got to leave our shoes at the door.
0: Butter, oh my god! This
1: is so good. we Not broccoli out. again. He hey, worst. quit shoving
0: me! It looks just like any dinner table conversation you'd see back at home.
2: But what about that group? They're all sitting in silence. They just look bored. The carers rotate between the groups. Every adult spends time with all the different children. So this way, instead of the kids being influenced by just one or two parents, they get a much bigger variety? Exactly. And they can see lots of different examples of personality and ways of doing
1: things.
0: Oh, washing up Judy again tonight. Quit complaining. Washing up on soup night is easy. Excuse me, can we talk to you for a second, please? Okay, okay, Sure.
2: With so many different carers, is there anyone who knows you really well? who knows how to make you happy or take care of you when you're upset?
0: Sort of. Some of the carers know us better than others. Plus, the kids that we live with know us really well. The older ones look out for the younger ones. Um, can we go now? Yeah, this is taking a while. Oh, right, sorry. Hold on, you two look really similar. Are you related? What? Nah. I mean, we have the same parents, but we both live with different groups of kids, so we never really
3: see each other.
2: What? They're biologically brother and sister and they don't even know each other? I I can't even imagine not knowing my sister. She's my best
3: friend. Okay,
0: you've broken Carl's brain. We need to get you out of here. Attention, children. There's been a minor uh, medical emergency... Uh, Carl is having a uh, code yellow. Eww. You mean he peed his pants? What? No, I didn't. Is that what a code yellow is in this world? Oh, well, he's having a a brain ouchie. Better go look after him.
2: I think this place is just too much for me, Molly. And you know what? Our brains trust had lots of good things to say about growing up in their real life families in our regular non-imaginary world.
0: Parents always have like your best interests, like they always know what's good for you and they always make sure you're alright first.
1: I think like almost being with so many people like that, it would almost be like school and you know everyone like roughly what they like, like what their temperament and their personality is, but you don't necessarily feel comfortable as when you're just with your family and sometimes you feel like you've got to act a certain
0: way in front of all your friends and stuff instead of, like, the way you act in front of your parents. I guess in some cases it is unfair, but, I mean, like, it's not your job as a parent to go around and love every single person in the world equally. That's probably a really hard thing to do because there's billions of people on our Earth.
2: You know what, Momo, our genius brains trust has given me an idea. I think it's time for another thinking question.
0: Oh, great, a distraction. I just saw somebody leave a pudding bowl over there and I was hoping to grab it before we left.
2: Well, here's my question. We've heard how not everyone has an equally good family life, but what should we do about it?
0: Should we get rid of families? Change them somehow? Or keep the world just the way it is. Hit pause now.
1: Oh, it's Matt again. Oh, hey, Matt. Hey, Carl. How's the tour coming? It's freaky,
2: Matt. We just saw two kids who had the same parents but hardly even know each other. They're brother and sister, but they're basically strangers.
1: Isn't that awful? It's definitely different from the way lots of families work, but different doesn't mean bad. We grow up in a world where we think children's nurturing and their emotional care should be taken care of by a small group of adults who live in a kind of bubble that's separate from the rest of society. You know, that's what we call the family home. And we're told that that's the normal way to bring up kids. And that can make us think it's the only way, or even the best way. But maybe it's not. Something isn't automatically good just because it's been happening for a while.
2: But the problem isn't that families are bad. It's that not everyone gets a good family. Taking away families won't solve that problem. It's kind of like if there's not enough cake for everyone. You shouldn't throw the cake in the bin so nobody has any. You should get more cake so everyone
1: can have some. God, I love cake. Great point, Carl. I should tell you something. In the real world, people have raised kids communally.
0: Really? So this imaginary world isn't totally imaginary. Copycat.
1: Meowch. You should listen to Oren Tala. He was raised in Israel in another kind of commune called a kibbutz. Here he is.
4: I was born in a hospital, as people are born, and then, when I was three days old, that's when I was put in the children's house, so immediately, I never slept one night of my life in my parents' house. They lived pretty close by, like a kilometer or two away. I would see them about two hours a day, between about four and six, thirty, and then we would go to eat in the communal dining room and uh, then they would have to bring me back to the children's house and say goodnight. So, what was it like for Oren living in the children's house? We had about uh, 15 kids in our group, in our year group. We would be like brothers and sisters. We knew each other from since we were three days old, practically, and we would live together in Rooms of three or four in in each room, and then we would um, wait till the the parent goes back home, and then the party would start. The the freedom to do uh, stuff without adults was the kind of fun and exciting thing, but then came the night. <laughs> when we used to go to sleep, there was no one there around uh, ever, so when we were five or six going to sleep there was no one there watching us and I had uh, nightmares and very often once or twice or three times a a week, I would wake up sweating and what I had to do, the, the, the thing to do was outside my room in the corridor, there was like an intercom system that you would speak to it and then the night watchman is supposed to hear you. Night watchman, night watchman, please come to children house number four. And I would have to repeat that ten times, so it was night watchman, night watchman, please come to... And uh, then I'd go back to my room, to my bed, and sit and wait, and wait, and wait. And... He would come maybe after 30 minutes or 40 minutes or one hour and I'd be waiting there with my nightmares still fresh and I told him, please call my parents to come here. And he said, yeah, yeah, I'll go fetch your parents, but now go to sleep. And when I woke up, it was morning and my parents never came. That sounds a bit tough.
0: Hold on, let's hear what else he has to say.
4: Uh, it was a way of giving everyone an equal kind of opportunity an equal condition to start their life uh, with, and that I think was a very nice idea to strive for. I liked it in may even though I had this very difficult experience at night. Uh, I still thought it was a great thing to go through. And I, I'm kind of, I think I came out pretty normal, but uh, <laughs> who knows?
0: Well, Carl, you've grown up in a traditional kind of family. How do you think you turned out?
4: Uh,
2: okay, I guess. You sure? Okay. Oh, that must be Matt. Can I answer this time? I'll try to trick Matt into thinking I'm you.
0: Knock yourself out.
1: Oh, hi, Matt! Hey, Carl, how's it going? What? How did you know it was me? Is you were speaking in your normal voice?
0: Oh, no. Huh.
1: OK. Well,
2: Matt Beard, Ethics Centre Trickster, now that we have you here again, what are you actually suggesting we get out of this experiment? I mean, there's no point if we just did all this and it takes us nowhere.
1: Great point, Carl. If you think families are unfair... One way to fix it would be to get rid of them altogether. But another option would be to look for ways to help all families be better able to love and support their kids.
0: I actually really like these ideas, and I do think the world would be a better place if we went with this way of raising children. But we're not about to go home and change the way our whole society
1: works, so... What was the point of all this?
2: Yeah, what was the point? I didn't even find a girlfriend here.
1: Hopefully, Republica teaches us that having a safe, secure and loving home is a privilege that not everyone has. And that's really unfair, because the kids who are missing out didn't choose to be born into that life.
0: Thank you, Matt, for creating this fascinating world. I mean, if I'd created the world, then... Everything would be pink and my hair would be longer and everyone would be obsessed with me, but it's fine. It's still good.
1: Save that imagination for our last thinking question.
0: One last chance to pause the show and wrestle with a curly question.
1: Here we go. Imagine if you lived in Republica, where you were raised in the commune and everyone had the same starting point in life. How would your life be different if you grew up there compared to here? Hit pause now.
3: Thank you for visiting the Nation of Republica. We hope you've enjoyed your stay. Thank you to Eve, Olivia. Darby, Christian, Neve, and Tessa from Leichhardt Public School, who were our brains trust today. And to Oren Tala for telling us about his time growing up in the kibbutz. The commune children today were played by Harriet, Isaac, Cody, and Isabel. And the commune guide was Joe Delanese. And my name is Lynn Malcolm. Shorten Curly's creator and producer is Kyla Slaven. Emma Gibbs is the associate producer, and Andrey Shabanov was today's sound engineer. Shorten Curly is an ABC Audio Studios podcast. Justine Kelly is the executive producer, and Kelly Reardon is the studio manager. Don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast and share it with your friends and family. And next time you travel, please consider Republica as your holiday destination.
0: This has been an ABC podcast. Check out the ABC Kids Listen app. It's full of educational and entertaining audio programs.